Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A, A, the B-A-Q-A, what you say, the B-A-Q-A, with man day, the B-A-Q-A, what's for day, the B-A-Q-A, A. Hey, Mandra, how you doing, girl? What's up? You know, hello, fellow Webby, Webby Award nominated <laughs> podcast co-host. You see, my, my Webby Award is like right there. You see, it's in the background. If you were on YouTube, yeah, you would oh, know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you would know. And mine's always creep. Mine's always in the yes. back right there. Well, I mean, you know, we have two. We have two. I was going to say. We do. <laughs> if you have questions, we have some answers, but we're not your attorney. We're not your financial advisor. We're not your doctor. We're not your lawyer. We're not none of that. We're just two smart brown girls who got a thing or two to say about career, business, and money, but certainly take what we say with the smallest of smallest of grains of salt, because, you know, salt is not good for you anyway. Um, But two, because, you know, you don't pay us. So, you know, (laughs) you want to get your advice from them people. Uh, But if you do have questions, um, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and ask them. We're Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram, the BA Podcast on Twitter. You can ask us wherever you want to ask us. And we do career, business, entrepreneurship, finance, and just life questions, you know. So this part, this um, episode, we are going to focus largely on money questions. And yeah, are they real estate questions? Are they both kind of like real estate questions? These are real estate questions. Yeah. Mm. Got some juicy. Mm. One who I feel like I'm in the exact same situation as. So a listener who's wondering whether she should buy. Uh, in this market right now and sell her home. And then another really tough one from a listener who did the right, you know, did the thing everyone's IGing and is TikToking about mm-hmm. buying rental properties and then getting into a lot of debt in the process and trying to figure mm-hmm. out, oh shoot, I'm in over my head. So we got some juicy ones for y'all today. Where should we start, Tiff? You wanna start with Let's Solange? Let's start with, the, yeah, Solange. Solange, I love that. All right, Solange, here's your question. Hi, Mandy and Tiffany. I'm a loyal weekly listener. Thank you to your podcast. I'm learning so much. I'm in a dilemma about the best course of action to take concerning whether I should sell and buy in this crazy housing market. We own a townhouse, have about 12 years left on a mortgage with a 2.3 interest rate. Put that interest rate in a museum because it is a fossil, okay? (laughs) From another era. We want to move and purchase... We want to move and purchase a home in a better school district, want a single family. Even though we stand to make a good profit on the sale, we will also end up paying more because of new house prices and high interest rates. What should we do? Please help. Much appreciated. Thank you. Mm. Tiff, I loved your first question when you read this. (laughs) What was it? What did I say? 
I said, you said, how bad is that school district? How bad is it? I know, because I'm like at 3.2%, at 2.3, not even 3.2, because 3.2 would be insane. 2.3 is they done gave you that house for free, girl. Like, well, there's a few things. And when I I was being facetious, but not, because, you know, schooling, are the kids really little? You know, um, because there's a lot of supplemental things you can do if you've got like, you know, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, three or four-year-old, even up to like, you know, second or third grade, like there's so many, not to say you can't do that if you have high school kids, but I feel like, you know, like a high school is, um, and the school district is more like, um, I don't know, it plays a pivotal role. College prep and all that. Yes, you know what I mean? So like, but if your kids were really young, I might be like, girl, you know, like, you know, do that. And then you can also get like tutoring and all that kind of stuff, you know, because, you know, financially, you know, the cost of, of, of buying another house is really going to, not only is it going to affect your monthly um, expenses, you know, although you might be in a better school district, it might affect your ability to do things for the kids. Right. So like here, maybe you can afford soccer and tennis and this, and there's other places like whatever the school provides child, because we can't afford anything outside of that. Um, So consider that. Um, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, I wonder what the mortgage is. And if you were considering, do you have to sell the house? Is it possible to rent out the townhouse for more than what your mortgage is because the interest rate is so low and that use that to supplement and help pay for your new mortgage if you were going to move? That's a potential Um if your monthly payments are not like, let's just say like a friend of mine bought a house years ago for $180,000. And um, I forget his interest rate was super low and he was paying like, I don't know, like 1100, no, not even, I think his I think his mortgage was like 800 bucks a month, something ridiculous. And we talked about that and I said, you know, consider renting it out because that place would rent out easily for 2000. It was like four bedrooms, three baths, easily rent out for 2000. And because he wanted to be in a tour and he wanted to be in an apartment because he was traveling so much. And I'm like, and then that additional 1200 bucks a month can be put toward whatever your rent's going to be in your, your new apartment. So consider that as a, as a possibility. Um, what do you think? Cause what, what, what choices are you thinking about? Like, what are you thinking about Mandy when it comes to, first of all, Mandy's house is so cute. It's like such You're a nice say house. Cute. Exactly. It is cute. It's pocket sized. It's adorable. <laughs> I loved it. As I like, I mean, I really, really went home shopping, you know, from a New York City apartment perspective of like, oh, look, we have a yard and there's a deck and there's, you know, three bedrooms and two and a half baths. And, you know, it felt really big at the time, but a kid and a half in, you know, this house is is going to be it's going to be tight. Right. Uh, And we have thought about you know, what could our next move be? But we're stuck. Like we have a similar, we have like a two point something interest rate mm-hmm. too. And we refinance, which it sounds like she probably did as well mm-hmm. because they, they only ago, have they 15, 12 yeah. years left. So I'm assuming they, yeah. So we refied in 2021 as well when, when rates were really low. And I'm so glad that we did. But yeah, now if honestly, the only way that I can see it working for us is if we leave New York or we move like maybe to Georgia or another low cost, you know, suburb of New York, but to find a comparable, to find a home in a good school district mm-hmm. where we live now, we got our home for 445K. I mean, we probably need to pay over a million dollars to get what no. we want, to get 
yeah, to get just a decent, you know, maybe a five bedroom, four bedroom, um, you know, with an office for me, like to get that level of home. Yeah, it is not cheap out here. And it's because of taxes on top of that. It's like yeah. the taxes, yo, taxes are Because what are the taxes? Because like for, okay, um, so my, I'll give you an example. In Newark, my house now, it is 20. Don't ask me what my taxes are. 2,200 square feet. It's four bedrooms. Yeah. Three and a half bath. It's three floors. Um, and I'm, I want to say my taxes are like ten thousand dollars a year. They just they just went up at your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like ours are fourteen or fifteen. Okay, right now, and we have a teeny house. It's like sixteen hundred square feet. Okay, it's not anything crazy. And we do live in a decent school district. Mm-hmm. I remember everyone's like, "Oh, the schools are so great. They're fine." I don't know. I'm not like wowed by any of the statistics I read, but. Um, yeah, the taxes are nuts. And I mean, our interest rate is so good. Right now, I'm just checking mortgage rates. As of today's taping in uh, mid-April, we're at 7% for a 30-year fixed. I mean, that is, like, to quantify that, I wish I, and that's with a 700 credit score, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm let me upgrade this. Let's see, husband and I probably have, like, mid-700s to high 700s. We can maybe get like 6.65%, but that's still triple. I mean, that adds tens of thousands of dollars to the cost of your loan. And because of the way mortgages work, they're going to front load all that crap onto your interest. I mean, you're, you know, they're going to do, what's it called again? What shit? What's it called? That word that I always was confused about, which basically means that most of your first payments will Mm -hmm. go toward your interest. Not, you're barely even touching your principal when you have a mortgage. Yeah, barely. Um, so that's where we're at. So I'm, we are writing it out. Like I'm not trying to make any hasty decisions. And so Jasmine, I, or sorry, Solange, I would say, you know, continue thinking and continue mm-hmm. looking. Maybe you'll find a good deal. We've thought about maybe purchasing land, mm-hmm. you know, and building instead. Um, but it's when I hop on, you know, any real estate listing sites and look to see what's out there, I'm just like, and this house is actually great. Why are we even <laughs> trying to, you know, think bigger? This is perfect. You know, we can all have a, I'll put my basement in the crawl space. I mean, I'll put my <laughs> office in the crawl space if we need to. It'll be fun. I'll get some lighting. <laughs> I can record the show laying down. It'll be cute. It'll be cozy. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, uh, yeah. This is one of those instances <clears throat> so, where literally the fi- the financial component has to be like so you got to do that math because it could literally yeah. go from you know you being able to like afford your life and literally not for more space and like you know and i that's just, the thing yeah yeah because i feel like we're doing fine now i don't feel like we're paying you know because now an entrepreneur and you know the money is different now like I don't, I don't, I cannot afford a million dollar home right now. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Like to double what we're paying right now, yeah. I would, it would create the kind of work life that I'm trying to run away from, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, working around the clock, um, which I am, I don't want to be over mortgaged at all. It would yeah. just be so stressful. And honestly, I know like, cause I mean, I shared this before, you know, I bought the condo. I finally, the people move out this month, this week, woo, cause I leased it back to them for like the carrying costs, which oh, is nice. about $2,000 a month. So they pay me $4,000 to stay in my place. Hey, <laughs> thanks. Um, <laughs> so I get the keys. Um, by the time you guys listen, I'll have seen it the day before. I get the keys uh, for the taping. It's a Monday. I get the keys on Thursday and I do a walkthrough and this show comes out Friday. So I remember when I was buying it, I bought the house for, I want to say $520? $520. Mm-hmm. I mean, minus, I guess you could say $516 because, you know, they have to pay me that money. But, you know, like on the books 520 
And I remember my financial advisor, you know, Anjali, shout out to her telling me that ideally to get a mortgage, which I can understand, um, because, you know, you want to put that money in the market because, you know, half a million dollars can do a lot in the market. But I already put a lot of money into the market every year. I live off of less than 10% of what I make. And I just didn't want, because right now I don't have a mortgage at the house that I live in now. I'm not selling it. My sister and her kids are going to live here. I don't have a mortgage here. It's just a carrying cost, which is like, I don't know, 1100 bucks a month. That's taxes as well as like, um, uh, PSNG and all my utilities and all that kind of like 1100 bucks a month is what it costs, you know? And I'm like, so to go from 1100 bucks a month to the carrying cost of my new place is about 2000. If you just include the, um, the HOA fee, cause it is a condo and which is about 1200 and then taxes, which is about like another 800 bucks a month. So $2,000 a month on top of that, if I would have included a mortgage, let's just say my mortgage is going to cost me another 2,500, you know, almost to go from 1100 to $5,000 a month. Not that I can't afford it, but I'm not gonna lie. The way my P, my post-traumatic, you know, post-traumatic broke syndrome was set up, my stomach couldn't take it. I was like, you know, mm -hmm. so I didn't want to have, like to pay five to $6,000 a month after paying a thousand basically, because my sister's gonna take over the carrying cost here. So I'm not gonna have to pay that for this house, you know? So I didn't want to go from a thousand to like five, six thousand. Um, I just feel nervous about it. And so I made a decision, although it was not a, probably the best quote unquote financial decision, it was the best financial decision for me and how I needed to navigate. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, yes, 500,000 in the market could yield a ton. I'm our, I already have money. I'm still wearing my Target's best. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't carry any debt. I have no debt, no credit card debt. So I'm not in any sort of financial struggle. I paid off my parents' house. I paid off my student loans. So it just meant the difference between money or more money. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'd rather the security in my stomach versus additional money that I'm not going to spend anyway. You know, so I'm just sharing that, that like when you're making decisions, you know, sometimes you get to make a decision from a place of just emotionally, this is where I need to be. And sometimes you have to really look at the bottom line and say, the math is not mathing in a way that will allow us to, stay, to sustain a healthy and healthy, healthy and happy lifestyle. So this seems like a real math, math lean in versus like an emotional lean in. So Solange, you know, look at the math and mm -hmm. ask yourself, would we be able to like sustain a decent life, you know, with all the additional expenses, should we move? Or do we make it work where we are and just bide our time and keep our eyes and ears open um, for something that might fit better later on down the line? Good luck. Let me know what y'all decide, okay? Because I need your <laughs> advice too. <laughs> also, I've like thought about would renting out our house, keeping the house, because I feel like I don't want to get rid of this mortgage. Like, I mean, the good rate, right? But like, should I keep the house and then rent it out? Would that somehow make a situation where... I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. You know. could rent the, the good thing about when well, you have rental property that they will count. I think like sixty percent of it towards your income. So for you to afford more of a house, you know. Um, yeah, that's the thing. But mm -hmm. it's again, it's like you know, <laughs> you know, again, like positioning us to just be like really over in an expensive home. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just told husband like I have no doubt we'll get there. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm doing fine. I, I co-host Brown Ambition. I'm an ambitious lady. I'm like, we're going to be fine. But we ain't there yet. So I'm very comfortable being like, we're not there yet. He, I won't even let him get a second car. He's so, so salty about that. 
I'm just like, you're like, ah, you're having a second Helen, baby, so we're not getting a second car. And Helen backs me up. <laughs> when in doubt, get a financial planner to bring you down to earth. Actually, that's a good tip. Financial yes. planner can really bring you down to earth mm-hmm. because whenever husband and I have a disagreement on a big purchase, the second car being one, Helen makes it very clear. Here's what you would have to give up. I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm like, Helen said it, not me, <laughs> you know, but thank you so much to launch for your question. All right. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with an even juicier Oof. real estate question. So stay tuned, BA fam. We're, we're putting a lot on our shoulders today. Okay. Yeah, this one is stressful. Right all. <laughs> all right. See y'all back in a minute. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. 
I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Brown Ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash Brown Ambition. Rocketmoney.com slash Brown Ambition. All right. We are back, black and brown. <laughs> Tiffany, would you like to do the honors of reading this? You want me to read it? Because I feel like I'm going to read it and immediately just like give it to you to answer. No, go, go ahead and read it because it's stressful. I'm not going to lie. I was like, wait, the more I read it, I was like, Man. I'm going to try. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but this is the reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. We've been getting more and more questions of people struggling with debt. So I'm just like, I feel like a brown ambition Q&A is almost like an indicator for the economy and where we're heading. Um, so I think it's good that y'all are getting it out releasing the dead demons and trying to figure out what to do. But this situation in, in particular is pretty complex. So this comes from listener who would like to be called Jay. Jay says, I am 40 years old. I'm a senior accountant. I make 83K a year. In 2021, I got out of a long financially abusive relationship and I sold my home and I got a huge lump sum of money. At the time, I had no debts other than student loans. So I spent the money purchasing two homes. Home A was new construction around 400K and home B was a 20 year old fixer upper. And I put 600K or sorry, I put 60K into renovations and I also got 120K loan to add a pool. As soon as I moved in home B, everything that could go wrong happened. My main water lane, my main water line backed up and flooded the first floor. Oh Lord. Master bath had to be ripped out three times and is still unfinished. The pool is halfway done because I ran out of money and the AC unit completely died. At this point, I have depleted my savings. I've run up over $300,000 in loans and credit card debt. Right now, I'm assuming this is monthly, right? My monthly take-home pay is 5K. My monthly expenses are 14K with the houses. I am living bare bones and renting out home A until I sell it this summer. Home B mortgage and bills have not been paid and I am one month behind on all bills I have, two people renting out my spare rooms. I can't sell home B without finishing the master bath and the pool, which is gonna be about 28K combined. And investors want less than I owe. I have been in therapy and trying to understand my spending and why I spent frivolous, frivolously. My question is, how do I stop the bleeding? I have cut all other expenses. My vehicle is paid for. I have two, children's age, two children ages two and three that I am barely able to provide for. I can't get assistance because I make too much. Do you suggest one-on-one -on -one coaching or one of your courses? I look forward to your response, Jay. Oh, Jay, I just want you Ooh, to take Jay. a deep breath because this, this is rightfully so very stressful. Like, it is. Yes. You know, so, you know, one, I want to commend you for sharing this because it is, it is not easy to share like the, you know, the ugliness of financial struggle, you know? And so I want to commend you because that's the first step is to just say, Here's a thing that's happening and I'm drowning. That's huge. And I hope through therapy, which I'm so glad that you're doing, that you have also been working on forgiving yourself 
for the financial um, mistakes, you know, that brought that brought you here. Because I always say you didn't kick anybody's puppy, you know, and we didn't learn about personal finances in school largely. And, you know, you are not the only, I mean, if you know my story, I was $300,000 saying that's why that number was like, oh, I was over $300,000 in debt. You know, I lost my home to foreclosure. I made all the financial mistakes possible despite growing up in a household where I learned about money. And so, you know, I had to learn to forgive myself first and foremost to say, you made mistakes, Tiffany, mistakes happen. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, I had to get to a space when I was like deep, deep, deep in the, this financial hole like you are. I had to get to a space where I said, you know, I was looking for it at first like this magic wand that was going to make everything better. And I realized it didn't exist, that instead I had to start looking for what made things less worse. So that I want you to repivot to, I'm not here to actually fix it right now because it's gonna, how do I lessen the worseness? So I remember there were literally, I had to make a list of like everybody that I owed, everyone, like, you know, all of kind of like the financial dirt and say, who's not gonna get anything right now? They're gonna be upset, but I mean, I gotta feed these kids, you know? Um, and so one, you probably can't actually spend less. You know, that's just not, you because if you make five and you owe 14 monthly, there's no, even if you got your five down to zero, you're still in the hole, which is what I where I was too. So one, I want you to focus on how do I earn more? You know, like it's actually tax season and I don't know, like, you know what, but I would be, you know, you have, you have a skill set that can be done on the side as well, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so like for me, I was babysitting, I was tutoring, I was like, how do I earn more? I would not be focusing on how I spend less because that's actually not gonna be helpful. But I would certainly reach out to everyone who I owed and see if there is some sort of workaround or program or pausing. Because of the pandemic, honestly, programs were put into place that you can kind of piggyback on. So that's what I would do, like with my mortgage, with anybody who I owed, letting them all know this is my situation. What are the programs? I would apply for everything. So that's first and foremost. Second, I would be asking myself, how do I make more money? Like I'm an accountant. Can I do accounting on the side? When I tell you every small business person I know is looking for an accountant. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Bookkeeper. Bookkeeper. Oh, yes. Like when I tell you, like you are fortunate, like I said, you have a skill set where you can monetize outside of your job. It might look like you're working seven days a week. It might look like you're working to 10 or 11 o'clock at night, but desperate times call for, call for desperate measures. So I'd be leaning into what can I earn? What can I earn? What can I earn? I'm so glad that you're selling house um, A, um, you know, this summer, mm -hmm. you know, that would offer you some relief. Hopefully, I'm not sure, I'm trying to think when they bought it, but hopefully you'll be able to sell it for more than you purchased it for to help maybe using some of that use some of that money to you know to it help. It wasn't long ago. Yeah, so I'm guessing might it was 2022. Yeah, so even if you can't, hopefully you'll be able to at least break even on on A. Um, mm -hmm. The new construction. Well, I will say this: that new construction usually tends to appreciate because I'm not sure when you purchased the new construction, but hopefully you'll be able to sell it, get enough money to definitely cover what you paid for it, and maybe a little bit more to help you with some of your bills. Um, and as far as B is concerned, you're gonna have to make a decision it, on whether or not you think putting more money is actually gonna stop the bleeding. Like if I could go back to Tiffany um, when I, so I lost my job when I was um, like in the 2009, I was like 29, I had this condo that I bought for 220 and 
I spent all of my money from savings, credit cards, everything to try to keep paying the mortgage. I even took all of my money out of my retirement account. I wish I could go back to that Tiffany and say, stop, because I didn't have a plan beyond once I spent all this money, where is the money going to come from to continue paying the mortgage? I should have just said, let me hold on. I'm going to lose this place anyway. Let me hold on to the little bit of cash I still have and use it to pivot and transition into a really inexpensive studio apartment or whatever. But instead, I spent all of my money trying to save the condo and then it was gone anyway. So $30,000 for my retirement account, gone. Actually, it was more than that because, you know, I had to pay taxes and I had to pay the fee because I was not 65 and a half, you know, gone. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, all of my savings gone. I had borrowed money gone. So I want you to ask yourself that even if you get the pool done, even if you get the um, the bathroom done, I want you to get with a realtor and ask, if I get all those things done, what's actually the return of my investment? What can I actually sell this house for? And if it if it's like still less than what you put into it, I wouldn't even. I would take the loss. And I honestly, I probably would sell it for less and then just have to pay off the balance, whatever that is. Because you have to ask yourself, like, where's the loss the greatest? You know, like, I don't want you to continue pouring money in only to still be behind. It's like, do I just stop the bleeding, take the L and just pay off whatever that bit, that, that difference is? Or is it worth it? Because I forget what it's called. It's called the cost analysis of a house. If I put these things into the house, will I be able to actually sell it and get my money back plus some? You know, a realtor will help you with that cost analysis. So I would do that before deciding to put any more money into that house. And so hopefully that's helpful. Side hustle your way to some extra money ask for help from the people that you owe, sell that you know new construction, do the math on the older home and make the decision there. Those are my, those are my suggestions and, and continue with the therapy and forgive yourself and, you know, and honestly, give yourself a little pat on the back. I want you to celebrate the awareness that you said, something's wrong here, I'm gonna do something to fix it. So I commend you and I hope you commend yourself. Yeah, and I think about how she says she just got out of a 20-year financially Oof. abusive relationship. Mm. And I feel like there's there's probably a lot there in terms of your decision to like take back control of your money and to be like, I got this lump sum from selling my home. I have control. I have back full control over what I do with it. And I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want with it. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's a totally human reaction. Mm -hmm. um, it just seems like, unfortunately, it was like too much too soon. Mm -hmm. Um you know, purchasing, it's one thing to purchase a new construction home, but then to have the fixer upper and like, ugh, the renovation, like those drag on. And like, like you said, you know, the unexpected can happen. Um, it's not like you, if everything, if the unexpected hadn't happened, if you didn't have that water main break mm -hmm. and, you know, had to refinish the master, like because of issues, maybe things would have been fine. You just got like the unlucky side wasn't accounted for. Mm -hmm. The shit happened side wasn't mm -hmm. accounted for. And I feel like that will never happen to you again because now, you know. Um, but yeah, I wish you all the best. I would just focus on your kids are the priority, yes. obviously, making sure that they have a roof over their head. Um, I'm wondering what kind of assistance you've reached out for and say you made too much. I'm wondering if it's like food stamps or like social, you mm -hmm. know, like social programs. Um, I can understand that. I can understand because there's lots of families going through mm -hmm. that. But as far as homeowner assistance, like with your payments, um, talk to your lender, mm -hmm. you know, see what kind of programs they have. See if even in your state they have, I don't know what state you're in, they have any COVID era you know, um, programs that are still around for home buyer homeowners mm -hmm. who HUD. are struggling. Look at HUD. 
yeah, look at HUD also. Um, and then lastly, you ask, you know, do you suggest one-on-one -on -one coaching or one of our courses? I would say no. I feel like yeah. you don't need to be paying anyone. No. Like my course is not for you. Um, like your your wounds are, this is like triage. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like this is, like you said, how can I stop, stop the bleeding? Um, and I think that even maybe a, um, like the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, mm -hmm. you can maybe get a free consultation. Mm -hmm. They can help you weigh options like bankruptcy, you know, for example, I don't know, there's different types of bankruptcies. And mm -hmm. I know that some of them for homeowners who are really struggling, you know, you can you can get to a place where you can let that go and, and have a semi fresh start. But it's really hard, obviously, to give you specific advice without knowing all the details of your situation. So a credit counselor, an accredited credit counselor, sort of like nfcc.org is a, is a decent place to start mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for that kind of advice. And like Tiffany said, maybe a realtor to help you weigh the, like the math side of the situation. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely stop the bleeding, stop putting money into the house and just think about survival and taking care of your kids right yes. now and yourself. Yes. Give you and a talk old... to friends and have them support you because you yes. need, you need support right now because this is not an easy fix. Like you got a rental, you're still renting out the other house. You're a landlord. It's a lot, Jay. It's a lot. Okay. So I hope you have a good support system beyond us. But of course we're here for you. Yeah. We'll send you a big old BA hug. And you know, I don't even hug, girl. Huge BA hug. But I'm hugging you. <laughs> <laughs> Virtually. Yes. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for opening yes. up to us. Don't take that for granted at all. And keep us posted on your journey, okay? And how mm -hmm. things are going. Mm -hmm. Live updates from y'all. All right, BA fam. That concludes this week's BAQA. Please continue to send your questions to us, brandambitionpodcast.com. That's where you can find all the different ways to do that or hit us up on IG at brandambitionpodcast. All right, BA fam. All right, Mandra. Bye. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.